Welcome to today's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. So let's blaze. Here's your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Welcome back to The Blazing Grace Show. This is Jason Graves along with Rob McIntyre and Mike Janung. Hello, fellas. Hey, Jason. Hey, Hey, good to have (laughs) you. Hey, we've got an awesome show today. I am so excited. We've got a panel of wives of sex addicts. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about with them, with uh, their experiences, get to know them a little bit. Uh, First, I want to give a couple announcements. Um, Rob, you've got some new sexual anorexia groups starting. Uh, Affirmative. Right here in Colorado Springs. If you are dealing with uh, sexually acting in, call Rob uh, in the Colorado Springs area at 719-593. 1163. And uh, Mike, I understand, you know, you're running several groups, strength and numbers groups. If you want more information about that, email Mike at Mike at blazinggrace.org. And then of course, with my teleconference groups uh, all over the country, you can find out more information about that at healingforthesoul.org. Uh, you'll have all that information at the end of the show. So uh, tune in if you need to uh, until the very end, and we will get you that information. Uh, I'll be speaking, by the way, in Cincinnati at an Every Man's Battle uh, conference March 10th through the 12th. So there's still time to uh, register for that if you'd like. So let's get right to our guests. We're excited to have uh, in studio with us Rachel from Colorado Springs. Hello. Hello and welcome. Thank you. And from the great state of Pennsylvania, welcome Kimberly. Hello. Nice to have you. Thank you. And uh, right from here in the great state of Colorado, we have uh, Joyce. Welcome, Joyce. Thank you. Well, it's good to be with you all, and it's great that you're able to really talk about your experiences. We want to, in this first show, talk about your stories, and in just a second here, we'll have Rachel share about hers, and then in the next show, we're going to be doing a little bit more Q&A, but Rachel, tell us a little bit about your experience and uh, what it was like for you, what it is like for you, being married to a sexual addict and being uh, going through the process of sexual addiction recovery. It was really a surprise to me to find out that my husband was a sexual addict. We were uh, dating long distance about six years before we uh, married. It was all long distance, and Mm. uh, there was a lot of sexually inappropriate behavior. I was trying to remain a virgin, but Mm. there was a lot of sexual teasing with my husband. But during that whole six or seven years, I uh, didn't have an idea that any of this was going on and that my husband had another sexual outlet. Mm. And it was about two days before we got married that um, my husband came to me and told me that he had this issue with pornography. And I really didn't know anything about the world of pornography and didn't really want to know. I was very naive and um, just knew that my husband had trouble telling the truth. A a bunch of uh, things came up about his financial status that I hadn't known before. I found out that he had about $25,000 in debt before we got married. And so it was a real surprise to learn all this. And uh, we did go ahead and get married anyway. And, um, Pretty soon after we got married, I found out that there was um, a problem with libido-wise with my husband. I didn't know what was going on, but he just really wasn't interested in sex. Mm. And all this time, I didn't really know that these were warning signs of that porn problem still going on. I thought, you know, my husband had come to me, confessed, and I never suspected anything before. Um, So to have this low libido, I just thought, well, that's just maybe how he is. But he would tell me things like, 
Uh, he's too stressed out. He, his diet is poor, so he doesn't have a lot of energy. He's not in shape right now, or I'm nagging him about the house, and that doesn't make him feel very affectionate. Mm-hmm. And then in general, he, he continued to be dishonest about um, himself. He would exaggerate positive things in his life and just not tell the negative things. And so I knew that my husband was dishonest, that he had a low libido. Um, and I also knew that my husband had this, we called it caving in our marriage, where he would need time away from people. Being mm. with people stressed him out. Uh, he'd want to play on the computer a lot, read a lot, disengage from people. And I, I didn't really recognize any of those things as signs. But I did have concern about having kids and uh, just because my husband was dishonest and hard to motivate. And about three years after we were married, I discovered a lot of uh, porn on our home computer Hmm. and realized, okay, maybe this is where some of the sexual energy is going. And at that point, um, was concerned more about having kids for the sake of, um, could my husband become increasingly sexual deviant, having looked at Hmm. some of this porn, and could he harm a potential daughter? Mm-hmm. So we did go to some counseling, and the counselor really poo-pooed that idea, said, hey, looking at porn is basically, uh, you know, men like looking at naked women, and men like looking at young naked women. And that's oh. um, that's sort of, you know, something that we want to have be in, a, you know, he needs to act appropriately in your marriage. But Can you I know, ask, was that a Christian much. counselor? He was not a Christian counselor. We were going to, he was a specialist in sex addiction. He actually mm-hmm. works uh, in, in the Department of Corrections. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was a pretty reliable um, source. He came into our regular counseling session for one session to for me to ask questions mm-hmm. uh, specifically about this. Mm-hmm. And uh, my husband was making genuine efforts to re- recover. He had started going to accountability group uh, within our church with just one other man for this purpose. And so I thought things were getting better. And then come to find out, I did go ahead and decide to get pregnant and... Um, come to find out while I was pregnant, the porn was still going on. And he had learned in this accountability with this church gentleman to deflect questions away from the sexual area. He would intentionally bring other topics to the Mm. table in order to avoid the sexual issues that he didn't want to talk about or Mm -hmm. face up to coming up. And um, so really when I was pregnant and found out, all all gloves came off. You know, we have to get this settled, and I'm not willing to tolerate this anymore, and we really Mm. need to come clean. And that's when he started going to the Blazing Grace group and Mm. uh, really started to have some true recovery where some other people could really relate to Mm -hmm. him not wanting to answer questions and then uh, really target that. And it's been over a year now that my husband and I both decided we would both not masturbate. Uh, Mm. My husband was doppling at porn. I would refrain from things like, reading Harlequin romances or Danielle Steele, things that were sexually inappropriate right? in order to focus on our marriage and not take sexual energy away from our marriage. Wow. And uh, it's really been amazing to see the turnaround and just my husband's personality, not to mention our um, communication and our intimate life. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Wow. So there's so many things that are so common in your story uh, that mm-hmm. you probably have learned and felt comforted that other people are, are also struggling with these things. You know, the surprise that you felt the uh, the debt, the caving in, the um, or acting in as we would call it, um, the avoidance, and then some of the, your own sexual acting out ha- triggered by this as a result. Um, gosh, well, thank you for your story, Rachel. It's really good to hear, and it sounds like you guys are on a path to a full recovery. I mean, do you, it seems like you have a lot of hope for I what's I never ahead. would have imagined that it could be at this level, mm-hmm. uh, and I think my husband would agree that we 
he was not even interested in maybe fighting against this because he could not imagine living without porn, and I could not imagine really having a normal sex life after right. the whole, uh, you know, other years of our marriage. Right, right. Really, but it amazing. sounds like you, you together really, uh, guys. Doesn't it seem like they've caught a vision for how it can be and how good that can yeah, be in there? Absolutely, very free. Yeah, and and one of the things you know, Jason, you were alluding to some of the the consistencies, and I hear the truth telling issue as being one of the threads that I always look for when somebody's mm-hmm. struggling with something like this. And, and obviously you ladies, uh, and we'll probably hear from the other gals that that was probably something as well. Right. Right. Yeah. Speaking of the other ladies, uh, we have Kimberly in Pen- Pennsylvania. Now, Kimberly, you've got a great unique story. Um, would, would, would you care to share with us today? Yes. Okay. I would love to. Um, I can relate to some of what she was saying. Um, I could definitely feel my husband that he was distant. Mm-hmm. And I found myself trying to look prettier for him, to keep the house more clean. And now looking back, you can't earn that from them. It was something that wasn't because I didn't look good enough for him or didn't keep things a certain way. It was a situation that he was going through that was separate from me. And realizing the the distance between us began to grow stronger and stronger. And Mm -hmm. I knew something wasn't right, didn't know exactly what. And it really took me being physically separated from him mm-hmm. to start to think things through more clearly and to kind of get out of all the crazy making. And half of it was what I was having going on in my own mind, trying to figure everything out. Yeah. Um, and I you were separated for how long, Kimberly? We were separated for right around a year. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. All yeah. right, go ahead. I think the biggest step for me in the situation was deciding to let go of my husband, Mm. realizing and coming to the conclusion that I cannot change him. I'm not his savior, and he ended up becoming my obsession. So it was Mm. almost my addiction on the side. Right. (laughs) It was very interesting to come to that conclusion. And so it was time for me to free fall. I just had to jump off that cliff and say, I'm letting go. I'm letting go of him, and I'm making a 180, and I've got to look in the mirror and look at me because I definitely had my own areas of perversion and things that I had started to allow myself to be sucked into as well. Mm-hmm. So it's being responsible for me and desiring to be whole on my own, set aside from him in hopes that our marriage would be restored and that I could be a stronger wife for him and walking all of this out together. Right, right. And I think that definitely was huge for me. And also going to accountability groups, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, groups and then counseling with someone who knows about addiction mm-hmm. that can help you set healthy boundaries and clear communication with one another mm-hmm. was very important for me on knowing how to handle the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I know something else for me that really, really was helpful that not everyone would need to do, but I had him take a lie detector test. Great. <laughs> and I ended up taking one as well. Mm-hmm. So it was like, here is the truth. It's laid out. This is what we're dealing with. Didn't need to know details, but had an idea. And I think we were both relieved in the sense of, okay, we're going to walk this out. Yeah. Had a plan of action to go forward. Plan of action on slowly merging back together, living together. Right. Boundaries, communication. Mm-hmm. And I just, it's just been awesome. The work right. has been so very hard, but it has been incredible, rewarding. Yeah. yeah. So rewarding. Awesome. Awesome. So yeah, that, that 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 distance that you can relate with with Rachel about, uh, you had a, a significant separation, but you had to learn to really let go. And I I think that it could be said that 
wherever we are with our spouses, we have to let go of them. You know, we have to entrust them to God's care, right? Yeah. Absolutely. And I think that's almost the hardest thing to do because I, I realized I was codependent. Mm-hmm. That I wrapped everything around him. Right. And that, that's not healthy. No. And so detaching myself, being away from him, I was able to see me for what I was, mm-hmm. and deal with it head on and go, you know what, I'm, I'm going to mature. I'm going to deal with my own fears and insecurities. And that I think that was the biggest turning point for me was right. letting go. Right. Yeah, I'm reminded Absolutely. of the uh, the story of Abraham and Isaac. You know mm-hmm. that that God really wanted to use Abraham. Isaac was his promise. Like for most of you women, being married was one of your promises. But at some point, you know, God wants all of you and wants whatever in front of your relationship with Him to be put on the altar. Yeah. And that's one of the things I had to do with even my own wife in mm-hmm. my own recovery mm-hmm. as a sex addict mm-hmm. and, and saying, I can't change her either. Right. And so I have to give her to God as well. Right. Absolutely. And that codependency you talk about, Kimberly, is, I think, something that we're all prone to. I mean, we can, just like mm-hmm. Abraham, make people an idol in our life, whether right. that's our husband, our wife, our children, mm-hmm. our neighbor, career, okay? whatever. <laughs> and I, I just want to applaud you, Kimberly, you too, Rachel, for you know the boundaries you've put in place in your life to be able to say I was codependent. I mean, you were codependent on uh, being his savior. So you were codependent on the problem of sexual addiction because without that problem of sexual addiction, you couldn't have that role of savior anymore. So it wasn't until you were able to let go of that, get the accountability and boundaries in your own life and go for that wholeness that you described that you could be free. And uh, in, in the polygraph thing, now, a lot of people ask questions about this. <laughs> that, what? A polygraph? Well, it doesn't have anything to do with the legal system. Um, this is a therapeutic polygraph test that is done independently and privately where it helps to really, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you would agree with this, Kimberly, it helps to wipe the slate clean mm-hmm. and... You know, Rob, I know you've taken a polygraph five, a couple five. times, just a few, you know, uh, you know, so I know you know what that's like. Oh, yeah. I took three to get into law enforcement, which is bizarre. Oh. And then I took five to get out of sex addiction. Oh, wow. wow. <laughs> so it's kind of like the contrast, you know, right. uh, in the last five, I didn't have to answer questions about drug use. But uh, right. but it was the greatest thing, because as the addict, mm-hmm. I knew I couldn't beat the system. Right. Uh, and and the other thing was. For a guy who felt like my I had lied so much that nobody would ever believe me, mm-hmm. it was great to have a polygraph that would say you are telling the truth. Right, right. So it was it was just amazing. Right. Well, Kimberly, I was curious. I mean, I know why your husband would take a polygraph, but uh-huh. why did why did you take one? Well, I asked my husband to take a polygraph, and I figured his first reaction would be, "Well, I will if you will." So I had already <laughs> planned. To, I knew how it was going to be, and I had already just planned that. You know what? If I'm going to ask him to do this. I'm going to be willing to do it as well, and I'll even pay for my own. And that's what I have done throughout the recovery in the sense of if I'm going to expect him to go through a 12-step group and all these group sessions, then I'm doing it too because the truth is I was just as sick as him. Wow. It was just a different way, and I think that was vital. This was not just about him. It was about me as well. It takes two to tango in the sense of you, you gravitate toward people that have issues. It's That's so healthy because I know it is. But... I say we give her a hoo-wah. Yeah. <laughs> hoo-wah. Yeah. It, you know, Jason, you and I see this so often with couples who come into our offices, and, and we end up seeing that one person's the person to blame. Right. But for you, Kimberly, to say, hey, I know that we both co-created this disaster. Right. 
and for you to own that is huge. Right. It's just huge. I, I say we give her the f- the first Blazing Grace standing ovation. Wait, wait, wait. I don't know if we can do that. Okay. Kudos to you. Okay. <laughs> that is huge, Kimberly. That is. So good for you. And praise God that God has just, he's doing a work in your marriage, isn't he? Yes, he is. It's a miracle. I'm telling you what. We have both been fighting hard, and the Lord is rewarding it, no doubt. That's great. It, it was horrible the past year and a half, but I told Mark, I said, I would go through it all over again. Amen. He's like, really? I said, yes. <laughs> Amen. Because I'm a totally different person now. Yeah. And, I mean, there were times where you guys were on the edge where oh, it was like, you know, yeah. you were heading south and he was heading north. <laughs> yeah. Literally, you know? <laughs> yep. So, great. Praise God. Well, thank you. Well, let's let's hear from Joyce, who's been waiting so patiently and uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about your your side of the story, Joyce? Okay. Um, well, my husband and I have been married 13 years, and um, right before we got married, he did disclose to me that he had a porn addiction, and or that he had trouble with porn. Um, and like so many other couples, we really believed that getting married would fix it. Mm-hmm. Myth number 243. <laughs> right, right. Right. <laughs> so... Um, Went into marriage thinking that wouldn't be a problem, and shortly after we got married, um, definitely started started seeing signs. Um, he would come home and not look me in the eye, and mm. um, I could just see the guilt, and um, I saw myself start to become really controlling mm. and asking a ton of questions and um, like really holding on and not letting go of my husband, like the other women said. And so mm-hmm. um, this went on for about three years, and then we did go to see a counselor um, uh, for about two years. And he wasn't—he did not specialize in addiction. Um, he was very helpful to help me deal with some of my past issues. But um, he basically, at the end, told my husband that if he continued to act out, he was going to. Um, suggest separation. And so what that did, my husband then um, basically just started lying to me about it for the next six years. And so um, what happened with that was he just, um, we were more and more distanced, complete lack of intimacy, Hmm. um, both with the children and between he and I, and lots of underlying anger in our family. Mm -hmm. um, And lots of just fighting mm-hmm. that didn't make mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely continued to ask um, if he was having issues, and so I stopped t- trusting my intuition and lots of stuff um, like that until last October. Um, gratefully and thankfully, my husband came to me and did confess that he had been lying for the last six years. Wow. Mm. And that's where God really stepped in um, to the picture, um, we, he was already in the midst of getting help. He had, and I, I was really grateful for that. And I really believe God's grace allowed me to come home the night that he told me. And, um, I just knew that I wanted to work on this and I could definitely see, um, that I had issues too, just with the right way that I reacted when he told me I completely lost it and had a panic attack and just behaved in a way that I, not expect a Christian woman to behave. And I guess I really wanted to point that out because um, I think as a wife, you could tend to like really start questioning yourself. But but I found out that that was really normal among the women that I have been in contact with um, 
to just freak out like that. And so that was that's important for me to mention. Um, right. And since then, um, my husband has been working very hard in his 12-step program, and so have I. Um, awesome. The biggest piece of the puzzle was also the polygraphs. Um, mm mm-hmm. Um, when we decided for my husband to get a polygraph, that was when um, all those rage behaviors and controlling behaviors really stopped because we were able to have a baseline of trust. Right. And so there wasn't a question of, you know, with all the lying, I knew what we were dealing with as well. And um, and I was so grateful for my husband taking it. And he would tell you that the polygraphs were the best thing too because like what you said, Jason, he – he needed to know he had accountability that yeah. he couldn't beat or or Rob, I don't remember which one of you said that. But anyway, um so we're both in the midst of our twelve step program and we That's have great. intimacy yeah. like we've never had before. We see healing in our relationships with our children and um with each other and um and I'm really, really excited about what's yeah. coming next because Very we feel strong. like a couple of college students <laughs> in love yeah. with each other again. So yeah. Yeah. I'm so grateful. Yeah. I never would have expected that my worst fear would have ended up being mm-hmm. the biggest blessing for our marriage. Yeah. Wow, amazing. Truly yeah. that God can be strong in our weaknesses. Amen. Amen. You know, and you know, how often do we believe that lie that marriage will fix it? I mean, I know that that was true of my story. Mm-hmm. And then you talked about the avoidance and the controlling and, and how you kind of just felt like you were losing it there. And the biggest thing that struck me in your story, Joyce, was about the lying. And I've heard it said, and I'm not a woman, so I don't know, but for women and ladies, you can let me know what you think, but, uh, it's almost as if the lying is wor- the worst part of it for you, that you would rather have heard the truth as bad as it was than the lie. Because the lie for women apparently is is just so much more painful. What absolutely. is what, is that true? Oh, absolutely. absolutely. That's one thing I, I loved about the lie detector test. Is yeah. I had everything from A to Z in my head thinking, mm-hmm. oh, has he done this and has he that? And, you know, the results weren't perfect, but they mm-hmm, could mm-hmm. have been a lot worse. Yeah. And I could deal with the truth. Mm-hmm, Just tell mm-hmm. me the truth. Yeah. And let's move on. Right. Now, Rachel, you look like you've got a different opinion. Yeah, I have never actually heard of the polygraph. This is fascinating. My husband's in, in for some trouble. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, for me, I know that for a portion of the time, yes, lying was very painful for me. But there was mm-hmm. also part of the time when I was still... Um, really having my own problems that I didn't really want to know the depth of everything that was going right, on. Right, right, right. So, you and, know, you know part that I, I encouraged in a way mm-hmm. him to stay in that behavior. Yeah, you know, and, and I understand what you say. You know, my husband's in trouble. And listen, for, for those of you wives listening, listen, your husbands will react because it's scary. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've never taken a polygraph, and I'm, I'm, I'm scared to death of it, right? But what I know is that with my clients, there's a one-to-one ratio of those who are scared on the front end and relieved 10 times more on the back end. Right. Okay. And, it, and it was a gift mm-hmm. to my wife mm-hmm. after I got to realize that honesty was the best policy. And I know that may sound very immature for a man my age, 37, taking polygraphs. But, yeah. but you know, I'm older than that now. I just want you guys to know that. But anyways, <laughs> uh, uh, but, you know, it was I didn't really learn to tell the truth. And part of that was who I was. And part of that was the predisposition yeah. for being a sex addict, was right. not telling the truth. Right. And I think it goes with one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever been given or given. And that is, wives, it's important for you to believe your husband's behaviors, mm-hmm. not his words. Mm-hmm. So I think that, and, you know, Kimberly and, and Joyce, you could probably attest that the polygraph in that way, and not that this show's about a polygraph, but 
in that way, isn't it kind of a litmus test of whether these guys are ready to step up to place and plate and truly recover and heal from this stuff? Absolutely. Okay. Good. Joyce, what was it after six years of lying that brought your husband to the point of telling you the truth? You know, he had tried and tried to fight this addiction on his own behind my back because he was so scared to tell me. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, he honestly didn't want to hurt me. Mm-hmm. And um, every time he got in, the, in each program that he tried to the point where it said, tell your wife, he he hmm. stopped doing it. You yeah. know, he was just, he was terrified. And I think... Um, I think he had just reached the point, and he finally—I don't remember which program he got into. Um, Sounds like setting you had to tell your wife. Yeah. And he got to the end of himself, and he let go of the outcome. Wow. Of what would happen? Because honestly, um, in the end of the summer, there was a pornography issue, and mm-hmm. I looked him in the eye and said, "Man, if I found out that that was you, I would be so gone." Wow. And shame on me for saying that, but. Um, I just applaud my husband so yeah, much for right. uh, truly being at the end of himself and being yeah. willing to tell me that. And Amen. that was the honesty of him. That was a huge yeah. part of why I stayed. Awesome. Well, as we're winding down here, ladies, I want to thank you so much mm-hmm. for just being a thank part you of, of this today. And uh, we're, we're so appreciative of your stories, but more importantly, of the choices you've made mm-hmm. to get better and heal on your own. Well, you've been listening to The Blaze and Grace Show, where we've been meeting with a, a panel of wives of sex addicts And they'll be back with us next week. So tune in next week for part two. Remember, Blazing Grace is listener-supported, so we appreciate your gifts. In fact, we just fired all of our sponsors. So (laughs) praise God. We're we're depending on his people for our our, uh, sustenance. So we'll see you next week. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into this edition of the Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-25. 21. That's P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 80962-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at blazinggrace.org. That's B-L-A-Z-I-N-G-G-R-A-C-E dot O-R-G forward slash radio dot H-T-M. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show. Or you can visit oneplace.com under Ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can call Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll-free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desiring for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? You can tell Mike Janung what you want covered by emailing him. That email address is mike at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening. May God shine His grace upon you.